Welcome, Wildcats, to another episode of Weber State Weekly's Volleyball Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and it has been a while. So, Wildcats, welcome to Season 3 of Weber State Weekly. Glad to have you all along for the ride and excited for this upcoming volleyball season. Um, we have a, a, new, uh, a new panelist for the first time and a former player. Um, we're going to try and do a little bit more of that this season, try and get more former players on Weber State Weekly. And so we're happy to welcome... Elena Khoury. I should have asked you your last name before I started. Ah, is that right? You nailed it. Thank you so much, Colby. So yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, because normally like the KH is a uh, sound, but I was like, oh man, I should have asked. But so glad to have you on the show to provide your insight about Weber State Volleyball, you know, when you're able this season. So welcome to Weber State Weekly. Thank you so much. I, I love this team. I love this school. So it's an honor to be here talking about some Great group, of, great group of girls. So thank you for the warm welcome. Awesome. So folks, on today's show, we've got a couple of interviews for you. We're going to be doing a player interview with senior opposite Emma Mangum. She's going to be talking to us uh, about a lot of things, man. So we've got all kinds of questions for her, and she'll be, she's already here. She's on the show already. And then uh, afterward, we'll be doing a coach's interview as well. We're going to welcome new assistant coach Sammy Stewart to Weber State Weekly. Talk a little bit about her journey from Utah State. Arizona State now at Weber State and so uh, a lot of states for coach Sammy Stewart and we're going to talk through all of those and um, get a little bit uh, more familiar with her and then finally we're going to do a little little season preview talk a little bit about the upcoming schedule which is an interesting one and then also um, some new faces on the roster so we'll do our best to guide you through that but first we want to encourage everybody to subscribe on the show whether that's on apple podcast spotify stitcher um appreciate you and if you want to listen to weber state weekly those are all fine places to find the podcast of course you can watch this live streaming on social media where you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter uh twitter one of the best places to interact with the weber state weekly team especially on game day uh, we're going to be doing some Twitter spaces, some watch parties this year for some road games. And so watch the Twitter feed. And uh, if you're a person that's on there, it's going to be a great opportunity to interact with fellow Weber State Weekly uh, panelists and also fellow Wildcat fans. And then finally, we've got a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and support the work that we're doing. We're trying to raise enough capital to hire a student who can um, also expand our coverage of Weber State this season. And so uh, become a patron and help us achieve that goal. So, all right, Emma, you waited so long. I'm sorry we had to get through all of that intro stuff, but want to welcome senior opposite Emma Mangum to Weber State Weekly. Emma, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Um, we know you guys are all getting very busy. The, the team will start the season on Friday, and so uh, there's a lot kind of to get ready for, and so we're excited to to be there with you. And um, But we wanted to... Let's let's start from the beginning. I I wanted to note the fact that you're alumnus of Corner Canyon. Same with Bailey Bodley. Are you guys, you know, sort of like, hey, we love it. We love coming from the same school. We've known each other for so long, so we have a great relationship. I love being from the same school as her. Yeah, so it's kind of special. And so, I mean, I've heard that volleyball in Utah is actually pretty good. Prep volleyball, like this, is a good state for volleyball, and so maybe talk to us a little bit about that. Cause I don't think that we've asked a lot of players last season about this, but I mean, what's the volleyball scene like in Utah for the high school? And like, are folks going to a lot of like P five programs? Are they going to a lot of D one programs? Like, like what's the, what's the atmosphere and how would you consider Utah's volleyball scene compared to other places like California and others? 
Um, Utah is definitely on the rise for high school. I mean, it wasn't too big when I first started, but through my high school career, I could see us raising the bar and getting a lot more involvement through club and high school. Um, but a lot of players have been going D1 recently, and that's really amazing. Um, when I first started, it wasn't like that. It was rare to see someone going D1. So mm. it's definitely awesome to see how high school athletics has grown. Um, obviously, it's been a minute since I've been there. But, I mean, I love to see the growth from all the players. Um, especially at Corner Canyon, you know, got to love my Chargers. But, yeah. Elaine, I want to give you a chance. I mean, questions for Emma Mangum. Well, um, we talk quite frequently <laughs> outside the podcast, but Emma, I would love to hear a little bit from you. Um, the first impressions of, you know, this little bit of fall camp that you've been through and, and how, how that's raising the expectations for the team to get the official season started this upcoming weekend. Yeah, it's definitely been a ride so far this season. I mean, there's eight returners and six newcomers on the team. So it's definitely definitely been a change of scenery for the team. Um, we've had to hold the standard really high on what we like on the team, our competitive competitiveness and our new like slogan for the year, which is resilient. So we really have had to put that out there for the team. But every day in practice, it's been getting more and more competitive and I love that. So I'm really proud of us so far and I, I'm excited to see where we get to, especially for this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I think that that's going to be a perfect um, hashtag for the season. So folks, Wildcat fans, if you're, if you're tweeting about Weber State Volleyball, make sure to add the hashtag resilient. Of course, feel free to add hashtag a state as well, which we started last year. Um, Wildcats absolutely dominated from, from behind the, the line. And so, but resilient is, is the theme for this season. And I think it's going to be a good one, Emma. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your time, uh, just one year at SUU, and then coming to the other side of the rivalry to become a Wildcat. Um, kind of what drew you to Weber State from Cedar City, and kind of what did you see in the program that was like, yeah, that's a place that I want to be. I'm willing to sit out a season and and become a Wildcat because I really believe in you know whatever is going on in that program up there. Yeah, so down at SUU, it was like total rivalry. You can see it a lot more down there of how much they want to beat Weaver. But I was like, I want to be there. I don't want to be on the losing end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided to come into the portal after the 2018 season. And I had different offers from different places. Um, came on a visit up here to Weaver, though. And I loved it i mean i met some of the girls the coaches were really great they really drew me in knowing how i wanted to be coached i wanted to play hard and i wanted to compete so it really drew me into being a wildcat for sure and i think that's a trend um if you've been watching the volleyball program has been putting out a lot of TikToks and and uh, instagram reels introducing a lot of players and the trend i think overwhelmingly every time they ask like why, why weber is the same coaching staff the the teammates uh, those are things that are drawing players in um maya does a really good job it seems of setting up the culture and making sure that you know people are feeling like this is a place where they want to play and so yeah makes sense i mean it's a trend that we continue to see to this day with this new crop of, of freshmen 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Elena, do you have another question for Emma Mangum? Um, no, I think you're covering it just fine. I'm loving to hear what she's saying. Okay. Don't want to dominate the interview, uh, but I, I got some more questions for you, Emma. I wanted to ask um, uh, a, a little bit about, like we said, transferred uh, and had to sit out for the 2019 season, uh, which was which ended in a heartbreaker, right? The Wildcats ended up losing uh, in the Big Sky Championship game to hated rival Northern Colorado. Um, wasn't the best. Left a bad taste in the mouth always, uh, especially to lose to that team um, in that situation. I wanted to ask kind of though, the, like sitting out that season and just being a part of the squad that year. I mean, Elena, you were on that squad too. I mean, what did you learn from that experience that helped you guys then? I mean, once you finally got to play some volleyball in the spring of 2021 to turn that into a Big Sky Championship and an NCAA tournament berth for the first time since 1988. Um, yeah, so that season I was super focused on giving what I could give into the team. I mean, obviously I was out on the court. I was a red shirt. So that was really hard on me, but I knew that I had to fight tooth and nail to do whatever I could for the team to better Elena, to make her like the best libero out there. Cause she was amazing. Um, and then transferring that to the next season, I just took my role being a player that could go on the court at that point. I knew I had to, um, keep doing my job and just um, just fighting hard, competing in the gym every day, really pushing each other to fight because we all wanted the same thing. We all wanted to beat Northern Colorado for sure. For sure. It's always it's always a top goal. We love playing them because we know we can compete really hard. So um, just working hard every day and competing, like that sour taste in our mouth was always there. So it just to compete even harder and just fight every day to get to where we wanted to be. Yeah. And I mean, that was fuel leading into, I mean, not the way things planned to go because of the pandemic, not playing in the fall of 2021 or of 2020, but then in the spring of 2021, getting an opportunity, the Wildcats mow through the Big Sky Conference, get an NCAA tournament berth, and they didn't stop there. Um, you guys beat Bowling Green in the first round of the tournament and uh, get the first the first win in program history. Then you have to go uh, in the NCAA tournament, then you have to go and face number one, Wisconsin, who's just a machine. Talk to us a little bit about that experience and kind of um, what it did for the, the members of the team that then returned in the fall. Because I think that like, it's a high watermark for the program, of course, but then there are opportunities to, to learn about what it takes to compete at a D1 level against some of the best programs in the country. You know, you all had a front row seat. Yeah, it definitely showed us that our conference isn't the only teams in the whole country. Like, we have some high levels that we can compete against. Mm -hmm. So we were all very grateful to be playing against Wisconsin. It was kind of funny. I felt really small compared to them, and I'm I'm a tall one. I mean, I'm 6'3", and I looked up to them. So it was definitely a fun experience. Um, but it definitely just another thing that we just wanted to push ourselves even harder. Um, we didn't want to just stop and think that we arrived at where we wanted to be. We didn't think that any goal was met by any standard, but we were really proud of the work that we put in. We were super excited to be playing in that tournament because it was a really big deal for the program and for all of us in the tournament. Um, but it fueled us going into the next season that we just wanted to keep competing and keep improving upon our skills.
Um, and improve you did. I mean, the Wildcats ended up getting to host the, tur the tournament for the first time at Club Swenson. And so that was great. Um, obviously, once again, didn't go the way you had hoped. Um, losing to Northern Colorado again in five sets. Um, once again, just like, man, those freaking guys. Like, I, I at the beginning of the season, I was like, okay, they've lost Taylor Muff. Like, this is going to be, be a little bit of a down year for them. That wasn't the case. They were still very, very competitive. They're a well-coached squad, and they get it. So, great. That's a bummer. I don't want to talk about that. What I do want to talk about, though, is... <laughs> The, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this season now because now there, um, we have a, a crop of seniors that were you know, foundational to the program, had reached you know, some amazing heights, all-time Wildcats, and all-time players in Big Sky Conference history. Now, there are two seniors. It's yourself and Riley Weinert, right? Yes. The two seniors on the squad this year. And so I wanted to ask you, I mean, how do you all see your role in mentoring? Like I said, it's a lot of young players, freshmen and sophomore. How do you see your role as a senior coming in and trying to help them um, kind of ease into D1 uh, volleyball, but also teach them a little bit about what Wildcat volleyball is all about. Yeah, it's it's been a tough one because there's so many of them. So it's kind of hard to rally them all together and get them all on the same page. But we just have always held our standard very high, which has been great because we don't lower our standards or drop the bar just because someone new is on the team. We always hold the standards high, which was started out with Elena's senior class and was held through last year's senior senior class. And it's just a competitive nature that you've got to get on board or you get out. Like that's, that's what Wildcat volleyball is all about is we always push each other hard. If you're not going to come up to our level, then it's going to be really hard for you. So yeah. Well, it's great to hear. I mean, because it's that kind of environment, you know, and a, a push for excellence that will hopefully bring you all back to, uh, you know, a championship run at some point with this new crop of players, you know, come what may this season. But final question for you, Emma, before we let you go tonight. Um, the, the hashtag has changed, like you said earlier in the interview, right? We're not doing Invictus anymore. Now the new hashtag is resilient. I wanted to ask, I mean, a good group of seniors has left. Um, they've gone on to graduation or, you know, to play some beach volleyball in other places. But um, what do you, what would you all say as seniors on this team now, what is the identity of this team going into the 2022 season? Yeah. Um, so Riley and I actually had the honor of picking out that our motto for the year of resilient. And we chose it just because we've heard it all through our years both of us about being resilient, fighting through whatever happens. If you see a problem in front of you, then you push through. Um, we don't back down from any challenge. We're always resilient in what we do. So we found it very fitting to use that as our motto and to introduce the newcomers to the team and really show them what it's all about. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's a good, I, I think it's a good theme for this season because like you said, there's sort of a, a change now a little bit of a transition and so um it's a good time and i think that looking at the way that the roster is constructed and looking at the way that the schedule is coming that um i think this team is going to have opportunities to be resilient and i think that as we get close to tournament time again um i think it's going to be a dangerous team but uh, we will we will see how this squad grows you know with your leadership and the, and the leadership of the coaches thank you yeah, I'm definitely excited for this season and to see what we do. I'm excited to see how we compete on the court this weekend and how we compete in November for 
the conference tournament. I agree. So, Emma Manga, want to thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Best of luck this weekend in Club Swenson. Like we said, um, Wildcats are hosting their own tournament this weekend up at Swenson Gym, and so you can show up, you can be there. I mean, buy season tickets. That's what I say. Just buy season tickets. Oh, yeah, uh, buy the tickets. <laughs> but, uh, but get up there because Club Swenson is a good time, and uh, this is going to be a fun team. So, Emma, Emma Mangum, thank you again for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, grateful to Emma Mangum for doing that. But now we are on to the next interview. So we want to welcome assistant coach Sammy Stewart to Weber State Weekly. Sammy, how are you doing? Everything coming through clearly? Can you hear us all right? I can hear you. Can you hear me? We can. Terrific. Um, Perfect. Want to welcome you to Weber State Weekly and are grateful for you taking some time. Um, you know, I, I realized last season that we had done a lot of interviews with Maya. And I was like, man, we didn't talk to like Kayla. We didn't talk to Matt. It's like, we got to get the assistant coaches in on the show to talk a little bit about the, you know, the behind the scenes and get to know them a little bit. So I was like, out of the gate, we got a brand new assistant coach to Weber State, like a perfect opportunity to interview Sammy Stewart and get to know her. So thank you for taking the time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And so let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, hailing originally from a small town that I drive through a few times, you know, going up to Bear Lake, you're from Woodruff, Utah, up in Rich County. And um, originally went to Utah State to play college basketball, actually. And so uh, first question I wanted to ask was like, man, how do you make the transition from women's basketball at Utah State? You know, Spectrum is a special place. And, <laughs> and you know, say, oh, you know what? Actually, volleyball is the thing for me. Talk to us a little bit about that transition in your career. Yeah. So um, everybody looks at it and thinks it's weird. Uh, but if you know the history behind it, it's not that weird. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, Woodruff is a tiny town, uh, rich county. It, the whole county goes to one school. So we're a 1A school up there. Um, so I was a multi-sport athlete going through uh, high school, um, track and field, volleyball, basketball, all that stuff. Uh, my mom uh, was the volleyball coach at Rich High. And uh, she, up until just a few years ago, was actually the winningest coach in the state of Utah in Utah high school. She had like 720 wins and won 15 state championships in volleyball. Dang. And so uh, I have Amicone. a... Man, she's the, just the GOAT. Yeah. You know, she. I think she uh, had a streak of eight in a row there, and I was part of four of them. So it was kind of a cool deal. So people don't... They look at basketball and say, oh, she's just a basketball player. But that's not the case. Uh, but... Back in my day, <laughs> when I, you know, <laughs> old people stuff, back in my day, they didn't have a libero. And I, I'm tall in real world and short in volleyball world. And so basketball was just a better route for me uh, to get an opportunity to go play um, college basketball. I played for two years, loved it. Uh, with the history of my mom being a successful volleyball coach, I was able to know a few volleyball coaches, and that's how I landed at BYU working with the volleyball program there. So it's not as weird as it looks on paper, but uh, I get that question a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely some history there. But, Elena, I know you were uh, looking forward to this interview, so I wonder you had questions for assistant coach Sammy Stewart. Yes, absolutely. Sammy, so good to have you here. Um, I loved hearing a little bit more about your background in basketball. I guess I just wanted to touch again on the main differences that you found, you know, experiencing college basketball and then moving into a program such as BYU for volleyball. Yeah, um, 
you know, I don't think college sports is too different across the board. Uh, once I've been in the thick of it, I saw it through an athlete's eyes and now I'm seeing it through a coach's eyes. Uh, it's not too big different. The big difference is just seasons. Basketball season is long. Volleyball season isn't as long. Um, those are some big things that I saw. But, uh, you know, I, I think the college athletes are college athletes. They're the top kids, the top percent. You're looking, you're dealing with super athletic kids who come from winning programs or small towns that are raw athletes. And I think that's what's so cool about college athletics across the board is people come from so many different backgrounds and you get to blend all of that together and make it work in one unit, which is awesome, so. Absolutely, that's a great answer. I'm lucky to have experienced a little bit of different backgrounds and just to meet new people. So that definitely resonated with me. Thanks for the space, Colby. Oh, totally, totally, no, this is, this is great. I mean, and, and I think especially like having folks who are in, I mean, Colby Peterson is a casual observer of volleyball, and so it's great to get folks who actually know the game inside and out talking because you both have a level of understanding of the game that I don't, and so it's just, we're just absolutely, you know, so happy to have you both. But um, I wanted to ask you, Sammy, the next question, I mean, so like you said, I ended up taking volleyball operations job at BYU, did that for a few years, and then, and then found your way to Arizona State. Um, and so I feel like the, the theme throughout your career is, turnaround specialist that's the thing that i that i kept seeing is like this is a person who comes in on coaching staffs they work with with folks and then you know they go from being programs that are struggling to ncaa tournament programs which is what happened with the sun devils you know you guys went from being a you know a middling maybe a, a bottom tier pac-12 team which is still saying something because it's a competitive league but you know to becoming an ncaa tournament team and competing at that level i mean talk to us about that i mean about what you bring to the coaching staff to kind of change that that attitude and that mentality to go from middling to winners yeah you know um i thoroughly enjoyed my time at arizona state i was there for a while um but we were when we got hired there we were the bottom team in the pack 10 so this is before right. they went to the pack 12 and then halfway through a little bit halfway through we moved to the pack 12 but we were the bottom um, part of it. And, you know, I see a lot of similarities between what we did at Arizona State and what Jeremiah is doing here at Weber State, where culture and who you recruit is of the utmost value. Um, there's lots of good volleyball players out there. So you need to find good volleyball players that will fit in with you as a coach and your coaching staff and the system you're running with, not just good volleyball players. I think that's huge. Uh, our main focus our first couple years at Arizona State were culture, finding kids that wanted to be there, um, finding local Arizona kids that wanted to stay in the state of Arizona. That was a big deal. We saw all these great volleyball players leaving the state. And so we wanted to focus on building a program with Arizona kids. And that I think that happened about 2012. So uh, maybe four or five years into when I had originally started, we started picking up local kids and that was big because they're buying into a culture they're buying into a local university and then you get this support from friends and family and people that's huge um but i think big biggest thing when you're turning a program around is getting the right kids on the bus and in the right seat yep. not you just on the thing bus. right 
Yeah, that's huge. And so I really enjoyed the last couple of weeks uh, getting, I've known Jeremiah for a long time, uh, but I've enjoyed getting to see what he's doing. And his culture is huge uh, for his turnaround from going to a, a not so good volleyball team in history's past to turn it around and back-to-back champions, you know. Um, but culture is, I think, people forget how important that is. They just want to go get a bunch of athletes. Yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, just meeting Jeremiah. And so uh, later in your career, you, you got a chance to go back to your alma mater and coach at Utah State. Jeremiah was also on staff at, at Utah State for a time before coming to Weber State. I mean, were you guys coaching at the same time? Did your times intersect no. there at all? I replaced him. Um, oh. He left and I followed. I took his place at Utah State. So, But I've known Jeremiah for a long time. Um, and he's actually done a volleyball camp up in my tiny little hometown. So we talk Ridge County all the time. And um, so it's kind of funny. He, he knows a lot of the, if you can call the little spots local, he knows the local spots around there. That's great. But um, this will be your first season now at Weber State. Um, and so I, I kind of wanted to ask, you know, you know Jeremiah, and like you said, culture and, and recruiting are key. You're now the head of recruiting for Wildcat Volleyball, which is great. Um, but kind of talk to us a little bit about what drew you to Weber State, aside from, you know, the connection and knowing Jeremiah Larson. But is there anything in particular that was like, you know, Ogden's a place I want to go spend my time in Swenson. is a place that I want to be, and I want to continue to help Jeremiah build this program and see if it can continue to achieve what it has. Yeah. Um, so uh, my goal as a coach, or my habit, as Jeremiah would say, my habits as tasks as coaches would be to continuously learn. Um, I don't ever want to get stuck in a rut or stuck somewhere where I can't grow and learn. And that was a big thing for me. Um, watching Jeremiah turn his program in the big sky the way he did was huge and I just I saw it at a surface level I'd ask him questions here and there about what he's doing but I wanted to really get in depth with it and uh, so just getting to learn from him on how to turn a program around I think that's a huge deal Um, recognizing some things that I could have done differently or will do differently uh, with whatever my future holds you know and just continually learning volleyball is such a cool sport but if you're not learning um, the ins and outs of it daily and how much it changes from year to year you're just going to be stuck in the past and I think that's a big deal that I learned just by talking to him another part of it is my family's super close now they're only an hour away Um, my dad passed away a couple years ago and uh, we have a cattle ranch. My family's up there. I love my ranch. Uh, I love being around my mom. So that was another big deal, just being a little bit closer to family. Hey, I, I feel the cattle ranching thing. Our family used to raise cattle down in, uh, in down in southern Utah as well. And so it's like, hey, fellow <laughs> former cattle ranchers, it's been a couple of generations, but uh, I, I, I like it. Uh, yeah. Elena, I wanted to give you a chance to ask Sammy any other questions that you had on your mind. Oh, I think I don't have any new questions for now, but I'm just loving to hear a little bit of her perspective on working with Maya. And I just love what you said about volleyball constantly changing and how you have to be keeping up with what's new, what's different. And I think it's great that you have that awareness. And I just love to see all of these thoughts coming from you as you're coming into this program. So that makes me super excited for the season ahead. Yeah, I think some coaches get stuck in a rut of how this is how it needs to be taught because this is how I was taught or this is how I've taught it for years. 
whereas I think it's okay to adapt and um, change the way you think. So a big one would be passing for me. For the last couple of years competing against Jeremiah and his team, his passing is awesome. And I could never just figure out what he was doing differently. Now being in his gym, I can see um, how big of a difference it is with angles, you know, and doing that. And that's changed my perspective. And it's hard because I, for, I don't know, my entire life, I've been this one way and now I'm changing the way I think. And it's, um, it's actually been kind of fun and I've been okay letting my, um, I don't know, uh, guard down a little bit and just being okay, being uncomfortable teaching this slightly different way of passing. <laughs> Absolutely. That is such a good point. I mean, no doubt that Maya emphasizes passing so much in his gym, you know, doing practice, doing games, but just the fact um, that you're open to listening to a whole new approach to it. That's something that I had to let my guard down as well. As you said, you know, coming from Brazil and then a different co uh, coach at my junior college and then going into Maya's um, style of coaching and just seeing passing from a totally different perspective. So I think I think that's a great fact that you don't realize until you start working with Maya. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Uh, but. I mean, our kids are passing great in the gym right now, and it's because they're focused on their process and their system and not their outcome. And I think that's a huge deal. And just the way he coaches is just fun to be around. Um, he loves these kids. He's hard on them. He's really hard. And he'll let you know if you're not doing what you're not pulling your weight, he'll let you know. And I think that's um, unique, uh, a little bit unique uh, in his, I don't know, culture, because these kids embrace it. Um, and so I've just, I've just really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. That all the transparency on what's working and what's not can be sometimes shocking at first. And sometimes it's not what you want to hear. Sometimes it is what you want to hear, <laughs> but I think that is such a big part of the culture of being able to be straightforward and know that you will be getting that feedback also just as transparent. So great yeah. point. Yes, I agree. So Sammy, um, now the Wildcats came in number, the preseason polls came out about a week ago. Um, Wildcats came in at number two behind Northern Colorado um, in spite of losing, you know, some all time greats. Like we've already said in the show, Ashlyn Power, Sam Sheese, Rylan Adams now, you know, on to different other things, uh, graduated from Weber State. And so it's a young team, like we said with Emma Mangum, um, just two uh, seniors this season, herself and Riley Weiner, and then a whole lot of young players. Um, do you think that, you know, that kind of preseason poll and being placed at number two puts any pressure? Is it not something that Maya necessarily cares about? Because like you said, I mean, in the interviews that we've had with Maya, he talks a lot about control what you can control on your side of the net. And so yeah. is there pressure? Does it matter? Talk to us a little bit about that kind of thing. You know, I think my unfiltered opinion about preseason polls is it's just something that's silly just because who's been in our gym have all the coaches that have voted who's been in our gym we're different and as much as you know northern colorado gets voted one yeah they won it last year that's probably why but their gym you know gyms look different and so i think that um that's kind of the way we approach it like cool like thanks uh we're just gonna put our head down and go to work and see what happens um and that's kind of the mentality I've noticed from Jeremiah is like, hey, 
whatever happens, happens. Let's just take care of what's happening on our side of the net and go to work. And I think that's a great mentality to have. And to have that coming from your leader really helps this younger group, younger group that we have coming in realize, hey, no big deal. Let's just go to work and see what happens. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, Maya and, and the coaching staff, you know, yourself included, focus a lot more on process and instead of, you know, the result. You know, if the process is correct, you will get the result out the other side that you want. So don't worry about that. Focus on the process. And so not really any pressure from a preseason poll because yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't really mean anything. And well, on top of that, um, Jeremiah does spend a lot of time on describing the process. So you have these coaches that say, trust the process. Here's the process. Trust the process. Process, you know, a hundred times over. And half the time you don't even know what the process is, but he spent, we spent three or four days describing the process. This is what it looks like. This is how we're going to handle this. This is how we operate. And I, that definitely was an eye opening experience for me. Um, because I think it's easy for coaches to say, Hey, it's our process. (laughs) What's your process? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, so when I, I used to work at the development office at Weber State, and uh, at the time we had a boss who, at the beginning of the fiscal year, you know, fiscal year starts in July every year. It's sort of this turnover, and then you know, all everything goes to zero, and we all start you know working on our goals for fundraising for the next year. Uh, the thing that our boss would do is he would do the Vince Lombardi thing. He would say every year, you know, gentlemen, this is a football, you know, just <laughs> breaking it down and, and getting everybody back focused, like you said on the process. And so it's not, it kind of sounds like that's what Maya is doing. I mean, and is that different from the other places that you've been where, I mean, you've had success. I mean, you've coached at places that have been to the NCAA tournament and, you know, in Pac-10 and Pac-12 schools. Is that something that's different or is it fairly common in programs that achieve? You know, I think I've been very fortunate to work with some really good head coaches and coaches in particular. Um, Jason Watson was the coach at BYU and at Arizona State. I followed him and I had actually, I worked with him in college sports for eight or nine years, I believe, but I worked with him for over 10 years, just going doing summer camp with him. So he's a lot of um, my college background coaching and he was big into this culture and process. Uh, And I think that leads back to earlier discussion on why we changed Arizona State was because of this. Uh, With Jeremiah, I can see a lot of similarities in how they both have operated. Uh, What's super awesome is they're from the same coaching tree. So both of them played and worked with Carl McGowan. Uh, who was a uh, coach at Brigham Young University, won a couple national championships. And so I can, I've can i been fortunate enough to work with both of those guys who have the same coaching tree and that I've been able to jump on with. And that's those are the two biggest programs that I've noticed um, a change. And it's something that uh, in my past coaching experience, I wish I would have grasped and taken advantage of a little bit more so than I did. Um, Elena, before we let Sammy go, do you have any final questions for her? No final questions. Just want to thank you again for joining us, Sammy. So good to have you. So good to hear from you. Thank you. Well, I want to do the same, Sammy. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. I want to wish you guys the best of luck at Swenson Gym at Club Swenson this weekend. It's going to face UC Riverside. Hated rival SUU is going to be in the gym. It's the only time we get to see him this year, folks. So get there and watch. And then uh, also another match against um, San Jose State, I believe, is the third match of this weekend. Yes. So 
get to Club Swenson. Sammy Stewart, want to welcome you to Weber State. Um, you've been here for a while, you know, already a few months, but want to formally welcome you, and uh, we look forward to this weekend. Best of luck. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, we will see you. Man, I uh, want to thank Sammy one more time for popping in and taking a little bit of time to chat with us. So we know, you know, they're getting ready for the uh, for the end of the uh, the beginning of the season, and so for them to take a little bit of time and kind of introduce themselves and talk to us, always grateful for those interviews. So thank you so much. So absolutely, that was great. And what a better way to start the season than playing at home, right? I can't yeah. think of a way. Yeah, I mean, Club Swenson is such a great place to play. I mean, you know, Elena, you know, you've played there a couple of seasons and have still been involved with the program. And, and it's just, I, I think that Wildcat fans, they don't realize just how good we have it. I mean, because it's, it, I mean, if you were at the championship game last season, you know that, like, it's a place that can just be so much fun uh, when it's full and it's rocking. Um, the last game that I went to last season was I made sure that I showed up to that Northern Colorado match in, in Club Swenson. And man, when the Wildcats were just rolling the Bears, it was just like, oh, this is so sweet. Just like, it's a great feeling. And we feel that from the court. We can definitely feel that energy. So um, I'm excited to see a lot of fans showing up this season again. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's transition now and talk a little bit about the upcoming season because uh, it's an interesting out-of-conference schedule. I think, you know, success that the Wildcats have had in recent years has, you know, given them them um, opportunities to play teams that they wouldn't normally, um, but also I noticed there are some certain names that are no longer on the schedule uh, that we would normally some in-state uh, programs that we don't see any longer, uh, but that's fine. Uh, they're afraid. It's totally what it is, but um, <laughs> like we said, this, this weekend, I mean, so overall, th there's some really interesting matchups uh, that we're going to talk about here. We've talked about UC Riverside matchup. I mean, by and large, the Wildcats, that's two and one historical thing i mean instead of us kind of just going through elena i wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to say like in this out of conference schedule are there any matches in particular that you kind of have circled or you're sort of interested to watch and see how this young team reacts to that level of talent or competition because i know i've got mine but you know you played the game i want to kind of hear it from your side yes absolutely um well to start, we have a home tournament, which I believe there's always some expectation around it. You know, your first official match playing at home with two games in one day. I mean, we had the chance to host our own tournament um, two years ago, and it was great to play against some teams like um, CSUN and just to have that atmosphere to start competing. Because even though our practices feel very competitive, it's always different when you have the jersey, when you have the fans, and when you're playing with people that you don't know very well. Um, so I'm super excited for this weekend. Um, it's always good to play Southern Utah. There's always something special about that rivalry like we were talking about with Emma. So I'm so excited to be at the Swinton watching that game on Friday night. But besides that, I'm particularly excited about the UNLV game. Um, we'll be playing them in Las Vegas. And the reason for that is actually because they initially um, welcomed Jenna Gabriel, former setter for the Texas Longhorns as their volunteer graduate assistant coach, but recently announced that she will be setting for them as oh. a graduate transfer, playing her okay. fifth year. And, you know, seeing someone coming from a program like the University of Texas at Austin and um, the incredible season that they had for, you know, throughout her entire career, 
playing for them and how they lost to Nebraska just in the regional regional finals, I believe, last year. It's just very exciting to see how she will be handling that change and how she will impact the program because she clearly has a lot of baggage. So I want to see how that will translate to into a team like UNLV that already has been growing in confidence just by how much their program has been evolving. So we have played them um, for a few years, you know, even before I joined Weber the season, I believe of 2017 or yeah, I believe 2017 where we played them, they were already on that rise. So it's so exciting to see um, how much they're going to be growing and how her role, like what role she will be playing for that team. And just as equally, how other teams are going to react to her presence. So I'm excited to see both, you know, UNLV rising their level and to see how Weber is going to react to that. Um, I think we have girls in our gym that are ready to compete and they're just excited about the competition, excited about playing teams that are at a high level. So I'm definitely excited for that, um, for that match. Yeah, I mean, it's a good one, like you said, um, have faced the Rebels a few times going back to 1978. Um, and yeah. by and large, you know, the Wildcats have fared fairly well. That that 17 series, though, is sort of like the renewal of a of, of a time. And so 17 losing, you know, two sets to three um, took them to five. And that's close. But then in 2019, the Wildcats get their chance and they play play them at Club Swenson and they beat them, you know, three one. You were on that team. You got to, you get to see that dub. Um, yes, so, that and, one felt <laughs> Yeah, but, but I think that the interesting thing, and this is why I'm interested to see what, what happens with UNLV, is it is going to be in their gym down in Vegas, and these guys were the NIVC champions. Um, they were the ones that ended up winning the tournament the Wildcats were playing in the postseason tournament that was not NCAA. You know, so the Wildcats ended up falling in the quarterfinals to UTEP, but UNLV was mowing teams down on the other side. Like, they were just, they were a juggernaut. And so it'll be yes. interesting to see how you know, the wrinkles of, like we said, it's a young team this year, plus a, a program that is on the rise that has had, you know, po recent postseason success, a good challenge, I think, for the Wildcats. Yes, absolutely. And just to see how well they performed at the National Invitational, like you said, I mean, they, they beat teams like University of Arizona and Arkansas, and, and that's not something that you see every day. But I think a lot of it can be connected to their preseason or like their out of conference, you know, um, where they play teams like BYU and Purdue and how that changes your perspective on competing against big teams. It's something that you start looking forward to and seeing how much it makes you grow as a player, as a team, and feel more prepared for situations such as a national invitation or a postseason where you know that there's more on the line and it's time to show how much you've grown throughout the season. So I think that matchup will be so exciting. Um, I can't wait to watch. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a good one. Um, so, you know, the out-of-conference schedule is an interesting one. Um, that, that, that Vegas tournament, I think, is the one that the Wildcats will also be playing the University of Miami, which I think is going to be big. That's a team that's sort of, you know, on the fringe of being a top 25 team, and so I don't think it'll be another really good matchup for the Wildcats. But then, um, you know, they'll play a couple in-state rivals. They'll play U UVU down in their gym in Orem, um, and UVU will not have forgotten what happened to Club Swenson last season, so we're going to see how that shakes out. I, I was at that match, and I was like, man, are we going to lose? I can't believe it. And then they came back and they totally freaking won. And it was like, man, this is, that was such a fun, it was a fun match to be at. Cause, cause once again, Club Swenson was full for that game and man, it was such a good time. But, um, I want to talk a little bit about the in-conference schedule now, because of 
course, like we talked about with Coach Sammy Stewart. Um, the, the, the consensus around coaches is that Northern Colorado will be good. The Wildcats will only get to face the Bears one time in Greeley late in the season. But, I mean, it feels like, looking at the schedule, that the Wildcats kind of get this opportunity to build up where, you know, they will have to play Portland State, who I think is going to be a really tough team this year. I mean, they were a tough team last year um, when the Wildcats took the trip to Portland. Didn't go so well, but, you know, when they were here in our gym, uh, well, I guess when they were there in Ogden in their gym, I mean, it was it was a little bit more favorable. And so, but then things kind of ramp up, you know, you get an opportunity to kind of grow, and then you're going to face some of the tougher teams. I mean, is there any team in particular on the schedule that you're like, that's going to be a good test to see where the Wildcats are at at a particular time in the season? Well, definitely Portland State is, is a good team, you know, just to have as that um, comparison standard. Like you said, whenever they came to the Swenson last year, it wasn't great. But to be able to play them early on will give us a good idea of how much we have grown and how, you know, how much we've been working and how the team reacts to um, the history, but focusing on the present. I think overall, both the, I, we have more control um, over the preseason, you know, the out of conference. But once conference starts, we know that every game, every game is a battle. Every game is going to be a fight. So there's not a whole lot that we can do to um, control when we're going to play who or how that's going to look like, but we can focus on ourselves. And that's something that Sammy emphasized so well, how um, being in the gym and um, having Maya, you know, controlling that gym and just um, guiding us through our season is, is so important the way that he focuses on the present and he focuses on the process. So um, I, I believe that the team has a very, um, the same perspective over the schedule, we know that um, we can only focus on how well we prepare, we prepare for the teams. And the coaches do an amazing job at bringing us very detailed scouting reports and knowing where we should focus on in order to be successful at every match. So overall, I think that, you know, the conference is, is a roller coaster. We have um, some great matchups. We have some not so great matchups. And there's so many factors that play in. There's road games. There's home games. There's weekends. You know, if you play two, Thursdays and, and Saturdays or if you just play on a Tuesday that week and, and how that um, influences the physical aspect, the mental aspect. So overall, conference play is always so challenging. So even though I don't have a whole lot of individual games to pinpoint, um, Portland State and Colorado State will be very good um, games to watch and to see how the girls are going to react to some quality competitors. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because like you said, um, there will be a roadie where I think it's that opening week of conference play where the Wildcats go to go to Portland and then on like a Thursday and then Saturday they're down um, I think down in uh, Flagstaff the next game it's you know which is kind of like this weird roadie it's like okay I'm gonna go from you know almost no elevation in Portland to 6,300 feet in Flagstaff oh no 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 they'll be home that weekend okay yeah but they still, actually like, come back yeah, but it's it's just sort of like like you said, like the the travel aspect of the conference, and because the footprint is so large, it kind of makes things difficult. Um, another game that I kind of or another matchup that the Wildcats only see uh, one time is Sac State. They have to come to Zoom. Wildcats do not have to make the trip out of Sacramento, and we've talked to Maya in the past 
about that trip out to Sacramento because it's, it's tough. It's Sacramento is weird, man. <laughs> like it really is. It really is. And we've had the chance to play um, our conference tournament there uh, two years ago. Two years, three years ago. Yeah. And um, it just feels different in their gym. I mean, you're playing at a different level of elevation and you're playing at a, a gym that's shaped a bit different than all the other gyms that we see in the big sky. So overall, it's pretty challenging, but just the fact that we are changing so much throughout the season, playing in different gyms, I think um, as long as everyone has the mentality that every game will be a grind and that we have to adapt to the circumstances no matter what, we're going to have gyms with really good lighting. We're going to have gyms with poor lighting, with lots of fans, with not so many fans. So some fans are louder than others. So all these external factors are something that overall, I'd say the coaching staff does a really good job at, at first making us aware of so they know really well the opponents that we're going to play and they know how to prepare us to what we are going to be facing and second just to make to give them their right proportions so we're not making a huge deal of how the gym is going to be or how the fans are going to act we're going to be focusing on our game and i think that's something that um maya has emphasized a lot throughout the years and that has brought him a lot of success too Last question I was going to have for you on the on the schedule, Elena, is I think that the Wildcat team is young. The Wildcats will be hosting the conference tournament in Club Swenson again this year um, at this conference, regular season conference champions last year. And so how do you see how do you see this team going into the conference tournament? Do I think that they're going to be dangerous? I, I don't think that they're necessarily, it's like, oh, they're the odds on favorite to win the championship. Man, I think that at that point in the season with the, with the roster that they have, I think they could be dangerous. But I wanted to get your take and see what you thought about the team at that point. I couldn't agree more, honestly. I think that the season prepares you so well for the conference tournament. Um, being able to get to know the teams, have that first experience playing them, some at, some both at home and away, um, all of that helps you feel a little bit more prepared to what you're going to see in the conference tournament. And like you mentioned earlier, the fact that we start um, with almost like a tougher schedule definitely a tough schedule all of the teams that were playing before conference all of that prepares us to get to the conference tournament a bit more confident not because of the results but because of the fact that we performed and hopefully performed well focused on the things that we can control focused on our fundamentals and our strengths and throughout the season we are able to grow our strengths a little bit more and work on our weaknesses so i truly think that the girls are going to get to the conference tournament at a great point. Um, I'm so excited to see how the freshmen and, and the newcomers will be bringing a different perspective and their own twist to the team. And I think that there's something really special about this team, like how you mentioned whenever we were talking to Emma, the fact that she redshirted when she first transferred to Weaver, that allowed her to see the game from a different perspective. And now that she's a leader figure in a gym full of girls that are just now arriving to Ogden and getting used to playing under Jeremiah and that there's so much growth to do to be ready to compete at you know the level that we want to see the team 
Emma's experience makes it a bit easier for her to relate to these girls and show them just how important it is for them to bring their 100% every day, not necessarily because they will be having a lot of playing time. And I don't, you know, I don't think that that's a concern for most of the girls because the mentality is on the team. They're bringing their 100% because they're making everyone else better. So um, just to know that Emma is able to connect with the girls from her own experience uh, makes me really confident that they are working hard and that the team as a whole will grow so much throughout the season and get to the conference tournament playing their best volleyball. Yeah, and that's I 100% agree with that. And that's kind of the way that I saw the way that the conference schedule is laid out and you know the teams that they will have ch- the challenge of playing at certain key points in that schedule and then all of it you know culminates in the conference tournament at club swenson and then all bets are off anything can happen you just you know you win three four matches you're a conference champion you know so right you <laughs> just yeah. like that yeah it's just like that so uh, look, we'll be looking forward to it. So let's uh, take a quick look at the upcoming schedule. So like we said, the Wildcats will be hosting their own tournament at Club Swenson th- this weekend. Two matches on Friday. First will be against UC Riverside, 1230 p.m. Um, Mountain Daylight Time in the Swenson Gym. Or if you're like me and you're out of the market, uh, you can get that on ESPN+. Plus. Um, just buy season tickets. They're not that expensive. And you can get to go to all these games. It's really a, a really good deal. And then so later, worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it. So worth it. I think it's like $45 for the whole season. That's totally worth Great. it, guys. Um, and then later that night, ah, man, here it is. The match against SUU, the hated rival. 7.30 p.m. in Club Swenson. Uh, or if you're like me and you're, you're out of market on ESPN+, Plus, which is exactly what I'll be doing. Um, that's going to be a good one, folks. I mean, SUU was a bad team last year. They were struggling. I think it's their coach's second season now, and so they're sort of in the midst of getting a program established but uh oh man the birds this will be the only time the wildcats get to face the birds this season so make sure to be there and uh boo the birds because it's one of my favorite things then uh, august 27th saturday wildcats will be taking on san jose state for the mountain west conference san jose state i think this will be an interesting matchup um a team that's on the rise so we'll see how that shakes out then that'll be it for this weekend then the following week they'll take the trip down to las vegas Wildcats will face Thursday, Friday, Saturday. In succession, they will face UNLV on Thursday. St. John's from back east on Friday at 7 p.m. And then they'll take on the University of Miami at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I didn't find any um, information on how to watch those matches, um, but I'm sure that they will get the the app will get updated as that goes. And then if we find a way to watch, uh, we'll we'll be sure to share that. But um, I'm really interested to see that Vegas tournament. I think it's going to be... a good learning experience and a growing opportunity for this squad. Absolutely. I'm so excited to see how they're going to perform, how they're going to react and just how much that's going to help the team grow in the long run. Yeah. So we'll wrap up the show. Uh, email us weberstateweekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like we said at the top, uh, we got a Patreon. Please support us so that we can hire some student workers to increase the amount of coverage that we have at Weber state. Uh, and then uh, we've got a blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. I'm going to be doing uh, our best. We sent out a, a, um, a survey from you folks to kind of have you Wildcat fans tell us exactly what they wanted. And the, uh, the consensus was 
put all that recruiting content on the website. That's where they like it, so that's where it will be. So if you want recruiting content this season for football, I'm going to try and do some stuff with volleyball as well. Um, WeberStateWeekly.com will be the place for some of that stuff. So, Elena Corey, I want to thank you so much for taking some time to be a part of Weber State Weekly. Hope to have you as a panelist many more times in the future. Um, but we'll wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State, great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Oh!